Welcome to Guarding Talk back on 2NUR FM. Greg Richard joined by Judy Sharp today. Great to see you back with us, Judy. Oh, thank you, Greg. It's, you and I both had a little day off last well, week, we did, didn't had, we? had a little break last week, yeah. but we're back in the thick of it again this we week. We are, definitely. What have you got for us today? Well, I thought I might talk a little bit about, um, strangely enough, pruning. Uh, July is a time to prune, start pruning, mm-hmm. sp- but don't uh, don't prune spring flowering trees or shrubs. Uh, remember, what is cut off can't be glued back on, Greg. Well, you can grow back though, can't it? Well, a lot of people <laughs> cut it and then go, oh, my gosh, what have I done? Yeah, I've, I've cut too much. Yeah, the boy, you know, particularly with the husband, and mum comes out and screams, ah, <laughs> now we've got no privacy. <laughs> so, no, you just got to keep that in mind. You prune gradually so you don't take off big chunks all in one hit. And, um, and it's time to start pruning hydrangeas. Now, the secret to hydrangeas is there sticks at the moment, but where you prune to is where there is a double eye shooting. Right. You know what that means. Oh, yeah, where the... There's two just explain green... that for everyone else. <laughs> <laughs> two little green shoots opposite one another, yep. not like six inches apart. They need to be opposite one another. Uh, at the moment, you can also start pruning fuchsias, grapes, westringer and fetidia. They all enjoy a winter prune, and we sure got winter. Oh, it's definitely coming up now. It's definitely <laughs> now. And we've got Brian from New Lambton, and he's got a question about poisoning clover. Oh, hello, Brian. What can I help you with? Hi, Judy. Um, my main question is I've got buffalo lawn, and I know you've got to use the buffalo clover killer. Yeah. I've got a little miniature dash hound who likes to eat the clover. I'm worried about poisoning it with him eating it. Yeah, well, that is a problem, Brian. Uh, I've got clover everywhere in my lawn and I've got Arthur the um, uh, Boston Terrier and so I just mow mine. You'd have to keep okay. him off it if you're going to use the um, that one you're talking about, um, the buffalo one that does yep. clover. And clover is still hard to beat, Brian, even using that particular product. I know. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, you know, how long would you have to keep the little doggy off it if he eats it? Well, I wouldn't like to give you any guarantees about that, darling. Yeah, no, they say that don't mow it a week before or a week after, so I was thinking about maybe caging an area off and just doing it a little bit at a time, doing it that way. Well, you could do that, of course, but is he a doggy that wants to be out in the winter? He loves being outside. Oh, does he? (laughs) And and my wife loves him being outside too. (laughs) Hey, Brian, there's more to this story than you're telling us, I think. What kind of doggy is he? A miniature dash hound. Oh, they're cute. Well, the trouble is that when the clover gets too long, his underbelly gets too wet. (laughs) (laughs) But they're very popular now and they're like my doggy. They're very fast and very clever. Too smart. Too smart. Yeah, no, they really are too smart. And I've always had big dogs, Brian, you know, uh, German Shepherds and Dobermans, but this little bloke I've got, he would run rings around them. I think smaller dogs are smarter somehow. I'll probably get a lot of negative phone calls about that one, I think. But <laughs> Look, I'm really sorry, but I, I can't 
guarantee it if you, you know, you use it. Uh, but all I do, I just keep mowing mine down unless yeah. it's really yeah. irritating you. I, I spoke to someone else who said, oh, yeah, yeah, once it's dry, it won't hurt them. And I went, yeah, I don't yeah, it, yeah. No. Yeah. No. And generally on the packaging, there will be quite specific uh, indications about when you should use it and if you've got pets. So um, just check up read, on that. Read, read the label. Yeah. yeah, read the label. Yeah, that's the safest yeah. way to go, Brian. Okay. okay. Thank you so much. That's okay. No Good worries. luck with it. And I'd say leave the clover and pat the dog. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I'll try that. <laughs> okay, dear. Thank you for the okay. call. See you later. Bye. Bye-bye. And Judy, you just mentioned to me then off air, we've got to start looking after our indoor plants. Well, of course. So, you know, and, and that probably comes to mind because I know that you probably aren't Worrying terribly much about no, yours. No, not at all. I thought that was, just, I just thought that was going down, to be yeah, That's about it. <laughs> no, well, look, I'm, last year I became aware of the fact that um, uh, in the nursery we'd have the air con on because yep. it was cold. And then I thought, oh, gee, those maiden hairs are drying out quick. So when I went home, I checked my maiden hair. And um, because I, I, when I get home from work, I always wanted to warm the place up really quickly and I, I turn it up to 24, okay, okay, <laughs> which yep. warms it up pretty yep. quick. And then I noticed my maiden here was starting to get a few um, brown leaves on it. So I thought, oh, not watering it enough. But it's not only that, Greg. Every second day now, now I'm in winter again, mm-hmm. I water it. But the alternate day, I spray it with a spray bottle because the leaves are very, very small and they don't hold moisture. So every second day, I spray with a spray bottle. But I know you've got maiden hair that's probably looking beautiful. Oh, yeah, of course. Maiden hair everywhere is looking fine. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it's, um, it's something I'd never really given a lot of thought to um, because I... Until recently, I hadn't really, until last winter, I hadn't taken a maiden hair home because it's the one plant that people complain all the time about that they lose. So I think I've paid dirt with it now. Right. It's in the winter. You need to water them every second day and spray them on the other day with this fine spray. Could you just leave them outside? Oh, I don't think so. Okay, right. I've just, just well, you just could ask. ask. <laughs> Look, I think it'd be a bit cold. You could try to. Yep. Um, if you think they're going to get rain, uh, maidenheads do grow outside. Sometimes in the garden in shady spots, but you know, it just depends. I suppose how cold the winter's going to be. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I and don't just... think I'd be experimenting. Okay. So no, then. <laughs> <laughs> That's a no. That's a no. <laughs> All right, we've got Ken from Blacksmith, and he's got nodules on his broadbean roots. Oh, hello, Ken. Oh, hi, Judy. That's a real problem, isn't it? Well, it's not. Um, well, I I put them in for a green crop. Yeah. Just to cut them down and uh, put a uh, dig it back into the soil, and once I started digging the roots, they got a little white nodule attached to the roots all over them. Right. Right. I was just okay. wondering if you knew what it was. Well, does it look a little bit like a mealy bug? Mealy bug? Mealy uh, bug. Has it got little, t- you 
that looks like rice, but it's not. Yeah, that's exactly what it looks like, rice, little yeah. rice attached to the roots. Yeah. yeah, look, I think you've got mealybug. Mealybug? Mealybug, which often attacks indoor plants and, uh, you know, any other plants if they can get their, their little um, hands on them. Um, you know, they're, they're notorious for, say, something like an agapanthus. Now, you can't get a plant tougher than agapanthus, can you? No. And uh, the uh, mealybug goes right down where the shoots come out so you don't even see they're on there. And then all of a sudden your plant looks unhappy and if you fossick around deep down you find their little mealybugs. Um, now, you're using it for a green crop, crop aren't you? Yes, I am. Yeah, so um, do you necessarily want to treat it or...? Well... It'll go in the soil. It will, and it will spread too. So, will it? So, yeah. uh, so my summer crops, you know, will they be affected by it? Uh, look, it will. If there's still something there for them to feed on, yes, they will wait and and get the summer crops. So, look, what I do is get some malathion and white oil, and yeah. water that through the soil where you've dug the um, broad beans in. Okay, then. Yeah. Yeah, that'll be the best way to go. The safest way to go. Okay then. I thought mealybug was a uh, uh, like on the surface of the, you know, outside the plant. Oh I, no, they I, get they get down in the roots too. Don't worry about that. Okay. Mm. Okay. And and if it looks like rice, as we described it, um, yes, I'm pretty sure that's what you've got. Well, anyway, it won't hurt uh, to treat it with a malathion and white oil, and that will give you a clear conscience, you know, for your summer crop. Okay then. Okay. Thank Yep, thanks very much for that. Okay, Ken, you're welcome. Bye. Thank you, Judy. Bye. Bye. Thanks, Ken. We've got David from Weston. He's got a question about pruning the orange tree. Oh, hi, David. Pruning hi, in Judy. time. Yeah. Uh, um, I've got a navel orange tree that's about oh, not quite two metres high. Um, prolific, produce a lovely crop this year. But the tree just keeps growing out to the western side and I can't get it to fill out on the the other side. It's all sort of lopsided and I'm just wondering how I, sh I think now's the time to prune, I think, since we've harvested all the crop, but I'm just wondering how I, do I severely prune on the eastern side or do I lightly prune or what's the best way to try and encourage it to grow on one side? Well, David, um, you can. are you pruning where the graft is? Can you see the graft where it was originally grafted? Oh, yeah, the graft's down at, at um, ground above, level. Above the soil, yes. Yeah, yeah. Um, and does that graft tend to be grafted the way it's it's shooting? Uh, Difficult one, I know, but that could I'm, be the problem. I'm going to run out the backyard and have a look all I'm doing. Do it quickly, but um, yeah. I heard the door go, did you? Oh, yeah, it's just a little screen. Yeah, no, the, gra the graph seems to be on the northern side. <laughs> right, OK. Oh, and the it's, northeastern it's, side. Yeah, <laughs> and which side is the tree growing to? It's growing to the west. To the west, right. Yeah. And you want it to grow to the north? I want it to grow to the east, yeah. It's bare on the east. Right, OK. Look, I suggest, David, it probably is the grafting of it, Um which you can't do a lot about. All you can do is, in your pruning, 
keep pruning it towards that side? So lightly prune on the side that's got prolific growth? Yes. Uh, very lightly prune and what, prune a bit heavier on the side you want it to grow? Not too heavy, um, but certainly uh, <coughs> do prune it in a different way that you've been doing. But, you okay. know, you might find, look, I've got a little lime and no matter what I do, it does its own thing. You know, uh, grafted trees sometimes just grow how they want to, no matter what you do. Uh, but certainly it, you could encourage, try and encourage it by pruning the other way. Okay, and now's a good time to fertilise? Well, you always fertilise in August, actually. So okay. you're a little bit premature there. Uh, All right, I'll wait till August. <laughs> yeah, well, I wouldn't even prune now because, um, uh, you know, you're not going to get much result uh, till the weather warms up a little bit. So wait until you're going to feed it and... Uh, you know, the other thing is maybe put more feed on the side that's not shooting. Okay. Hmm. And see how you go, David. All right. Well, we've just put a new lemon in because the lemon we had produced one lemon the size of a golf ball. That was the entire crop. <laughs> <laughs> and we've just pulled out a fig that's not doing too well and we're putting a mandarin in. So it's all citrus now. <laughs> Yeah, well, wait, um, you know, with your new one, are you, are you ready to plant that now or are you going to wait until August? No, we're planting the, the, the lemons already in and we're planting the mandarin today. Right, OK, that's fine. That should be OK. But don't, uh, don't give that new mandarin um, much fertiliser next month. No, okay. I haven't given the... I haven't given the New lemon, any fertiliser yet? No, no, wait till next month. And then your next uh, fertiliser and prune would be March next year. OK, thanks, Judy. OK, David, you're quite welcome. Good luck with it. Thank you. Bye. Bye. It's Gardening Talk back on 2 RFM. If you've got any questions for Judy Sharp, 49216216. And we've got Irene from Brightwaters. And she's got another pruning question, this one about hydrangeas. Oh, hi, Irene. They're starting to shoot. Are they starting to shoot, dear? Um, well, um, just to let you know, what happened was um, I re um, uh, renovated a part of my garden, and I bought twenty tube stock uh, hydrangeas about this time last year, and I planted them. And um, I've been out um, over the last couple of days and um, you mentioned earlier that I need to look at um, uh, pruning where you've got two parallel buds. Uh, and I would say that 50% of um, what I've planted uh, don't have two parallel buds. So what do I do? Uh, well, I would wait, Irene. Right. They still might bud up. Uh, you know, we have had a uh, fairly cold winter this year. Yeah. Uh, and you don't necessarily have to prune them this month, but a lot of existing ones that, you know, are old plants, people start to prune now. I'd be inclined to leave yours till next month and just see if you get more buds. Uh, right, okay. And, um, and Judy, um, you know, how do you make them blue? 
<laughs> well, what you've got to do is you need to give them something acidic. So right. you can either use cow manure or you can buy bluing hydrangea. Right, okay. And um, that's the best way if you want blue. But oh, you... right, okay. And can I ask you another question? Yes, certainly. Okay, I have a, um, a, 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 a finger lime tree. It's um, nearly three metres now. And um, it gets lots of flowers, but no fruit. Right, right, okay. How long's that been in? Oh, 10 years. Oh. <laughs> well, we would expect to get fruit in that time. Absolutely. Yes, yes. So how long since you have fertilised it? Um, probably four months ago. Right, okay. Uh, well, probably if you look at fertilising and maybe in August. All right, okay. Yep. What did uh, you use last time when you fertilised? Um, I used uh, potassium, uh, potassium. Right. And, um, you know, to strengthen the roots. But um, I'm, I'm not sure how to, you know, I mean, I'd love to taste some finger lime, but I don't know. Uh, I mean, I so, feel really bad, you know, when all the flowers fall off. Yeah, the problem with finger limes, they're virtually a native so, you know, you don't treat them the same way you do other citrus. Right. Yeah, but you've given the sulphate of potash, you said. Yes, I do. I have, yeah. yeah. Over the leaves and into the roots. Yeah. Look, maybe uh, maybe get a little bit of um, native fertiliser. Even some blood and bone would help. All right, okay. And give that a go. And what, uh, in August? Yes, definitely right. in August, yes. Okay, that's fa- Sounds great. Thank okay. you, Judy. Thank you. You're welcome. Okay, bye. bye. You're going to look at olives as well today, Judy. Yeah, because I have a crop of olives growing. Oh, excellent. Yeah. You're an olive person? I'm assuming you are, No. <laughs> <laughs> Would you like them when they fruit? Oh, if you're giving them away. Oh, yeah, sure. But then I'm going to have to also tell you the recipe. Do you know how to... Um, uh, to pickle them, I pickle guess. Pickle them, pickle them. Do you know how to pickle them? No, I'm assuming you just use vinegar. Some sugar might be involved. Uh, Some salt. <laughs> <laughs> no, not really. Oh. Not really. Sorry. I'm sorry to disappoint you on that score. You ready? Yep. Now, if you're keen enough to grow olives, um, and and they do grow very well in in this area. Mine are yeah, like okay. a house gone like a house on fire. Um, but what you need to do is once a year in spring fertilise with some citrus food. Okay. Why, why citrus food? Well, it seems to boost the flowering or the fruiting. Yep. Uh, because it, yeah, it doesn't need a lot, just once a year. But the other thing that to get your olives to grow is to use an organic fertiliser, a slow release. And that's about now I'm going to hit mine with that. Okay. Uh, because I'm trying to create a, a privacy screen. Um, we won't go any further <laughs> yeah. than that. Uh, but would you like me enough to... Said. <laughs> enough said. So you just said privacy screen. I think it's enough said. <laughs> well, I did have a nice um, uh, bamboo there, but anyway, we won't go there. Now, so are you ready? Yep. So if I get fruit, mm-hmm. I'll give it to you. And this is what I've got to do. And this is what you've got to do. 
the green pickled olives, leave the fruit on the tree to achieve a good size, but harvest it while firm and pale yellow in colour. For black olives, harvest fruit when the dark blue or purple, but still firm. Okay. Always pick fruit carefully to avoid bruising and discard any with broken skins before pickling in brine. Oh, brine, okay. Yep. Well, I reckon I was close. You were close. <laughs> uh, how to pickle. Soak one kilo of green olives in one litre of water with six limes or lemons chopped up with the skin, pips and all, and 200 grams of salt for two days. I was right with salt. Yes. I did say salt. I think I said sugar as well. Yep. <laughs> well, we'll go on with the next part next week, shall we? We may as well, because we have got Val from Dora Creek. Oh, oh well, you know, you, you wouldn't remember as I was oh, thinking. No. <laughs> <laughs> She's got a question about growing shrubs. Hi, Val. How are you? Oh, I'm not too bad, thank you. Now, I have a, a garden bed that I've I had roses in, and I'm getting, I'm getting too old to look after the roses, so I've pulled them out. They're quite old. I've pulled them out, and I want to put some shrubs in there. And I bought a, a, a white cappuccino and a, a purple one. But is it, we do get a couple of frosts here. So would it, would it frost hurt them if I plant them now? Uh, sorry, Val, did you say cappuccino? Yes, the you, miniature ones, yes. And you bought a white one? Yeah, a white one, yes. Oh, I've never seen a white one. I've seen pinks and... Mauves and purples, but never a pure white one. Well, this was the last one there, and he said, would you like a white one? And I said, yes, I'll take that. <laughs> well, good on you, good on you. You've got something different, dear. Uh, yeah. Look, uh, tibetrinas are cultivated up in a place called Alstonville on the north coast. Um, so they could be susceptible to frost. But Dora Creek, you wouldn't get that many frosts there, would you? We've had a couple of frosts in the morning, but not bad ones, but just enough to be a nuisance sort of thing. Yeah, well... This is quite... This bed is out in the open quite a bit sort of thing, and I didn't want to put them in and get, kill them with the frost sort of thing. No, and of course, um, uh, when they're babies, when they're young, that's when the frost would attack them. Attack them. So mm. if you're getting bad weather reports... Uh, the night before on the news, uh, what you really need to do, Val, is get up and hose them off early in the morning because the frost comes early in the morning. Um, And just make doubly sure. But, you know, you would generally get a bit of an idea from the weather at night, wouldn't you? Do you watch the Newcastle weather? Yeah, well, it doesn't really say. It's just going to be a cold night. We have had zero nights and ones and twos down here. Yeah, but well, we sort of. Um, I, I don't get up early enough to see. I'm, eight, I'm, 85, I'm 85 years old, so I don't get out of bed too early in the morning. Well, the only other thing you can do, Val, is cover them over, dear, while we're going through this yeah, winter that's, period. That's what I thought. You know, well, I put a little tent thing around them and yeah, protect and then, them a bit. Yes, and then in the daytime, take it off so that they're getting the sun and, and you know, helping them grow. Grow. Yeah, and, and do I put them in with any fertilizer, or do I just put them in with um, just garden soil, or 
No, look, honestly, when you're planting new shrubs, if you put fertiliser in, particularly if you get the frost, um, they can burn. So, they can burn, yeah. right. Mm. The only other thing is, Val, you haven't planted them yet, have you? No, I haven't. I've left them uh, sort of out, out of protection, out of the frost sort of thing. Uh, but I just wondered if I should leave it until the end of the month or... Um, Look, or honestly, I'm, in now? I'm inclined to say yes. Did you find your roses were affected by the frost? No, no, not oh, really. Oh, well, no. look, you'd probably be all right, but they sound like they're only babies, aren't they? They are. They're only about oh, a foot and a half high sort of thing. They're not really big, no. No, look, I'd be inclined to wait planting them and keep them under protection, but where they're getting sun, so this, you know, they're still yeah, continuing. Yeah, well, they're getting sun and they're protected sort of thing. Yeah, yeah I'd be inclined to leave them, dear, and just let this month passed. Um, yep. Anyone in frost areas, I even say, wait till August has passed. Oh, right, yeah, yeah. I just wondered, you know, if I put them in now, would I kill them or well, <laughs> I, what would I do? Well, you wouldn't kill them, darling, but the frost certainly would. <laughs> Yeah, and I just don't want to do that, no. No. Well, it sounds like you've got some nice plants there, so let's baby them a little bit longer. I will. Right, eh? Thank okay. you very much for your help. Thank You're you. welcome, you Val. Good... Let us know how you go. Yeah, you have a good day. Thank you very much, dear. Bye. Thank you. Bye. It's Gardening Talkback on 2 and URFM. And Judy Sharp, we're almost out for another week, but I kind of think you've saved the worst for last year. Well, no, really, Greg. What I wanted to do was surprise you and the listeners. Now, a couple of weeks ago, remember we had uh, big conversations about chocos. It was basically choco fest in here. It was. And, you know, most of the listeners called in and said that you had to have two and you had to lay them on on the side. So today I've brought mine in for evidence because I'd like you to explain to the listeners what's happening. It's been standing upright. Well, it has. Well, it, I think it's about the fall if I, if I move a hand. Not on its side. Yeah, it's been standing upright. And look what I've got out the top. You've got little shoots at the top. Yep. So I didn't need to, and I need, didn't need to lay it on Number its five. side. There you go. So anyone that wants to you can have that discuss back. that <laughs> <laughs> will have to wait till next time. We'll have to, yeah. Yeah. Watch. Is that so that's ready to go or are you going to pull that in the, in the no, garden? No, 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 that's ready to go in the garden. That's oh. why I couldn't resist bringing it in. I mean, talk's cheap, isn't it? But it I is. wanted, yeah. you know, I wanted a witness. Some nice evidence to see that we've got <laughs> yes. actual choco shoots. Yeah. Well, Judy Shutt, thank you very much. and Thank you. We're out of time for another week. See you next week. Thanks for listening to this podcast from 2NURFM at the University of Newcastle. Topics range from gardening to health, well-being, pet care and travel. You'll find them all at 2NURFM.com.